This is the SETN Podcast with Briscoe Forth and Chandler Morrison, covering high school football in Chattanooga and the Southeast Tennessee area. The SETN Podcast. It's the quarterfinal round edition of SETN Preps. Chris Goforth, Chandler Morrison, glad to be with you, and we are ready to get you set for a big Friday night of prep football all across southeast Tennessee, South Pittsburgh, Meigs County, Macaulay. We'll be talking about all the games involving our area teams. Uh, we'll do that as we uh, as we roll through this episode. want to remind you, uh, if you don't, do this. Make sure you do it before Friday. Our, our Twitter page is at SETN Preps. We will be manning the Twitter machine uh, on Friday night, and we will keep you updated on every game going on. Um, both games that are involving our local teams will also start to branch out a little bit this week and maybe bring in some of those other games because we're, we're getting down to, uh, you know, we're, we're getting close to crunch time here in, in, the, in the TSSAA playoffs. So we'll be taking a look at some of those other games that may affect some of our teams locally here as they move through the playoffs. So it's at SETN Preps. We'll do the same thing on Facebook, too. You can find us there. Just uh, go to Facebook, type in SETN Preps. You'll pull it up, and you can, uh, you can follow along with all of the Friday night action. Maybe you're going to a game. Feel free to tweet the score, updates, stats, whatever you've got. Tweet it at us. Again, it's at SETN Preps. And, um, you know, we'd certainly appreciate uh, hearing from you guys on Friday night if you're out and about anywhere. You can also check out our website as well. That is SETNPreps.com. Chandler, buckle up, pal. Here we go. We're uh, we're headed to the quarterfinals. It is uh, round three of the TSSAA playoffs. We'll work our way through all of our local games. Let's start first in South Pittsburgh in Class 1A where the Pirates will take on Gordonsville on this uh, this Friday night. Gordonsville, a three and seven regular season, but as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, they got a bunch of guys back. Uh, they're healthy, and uh, it, it's the the team that's going to play South Pittsburgh is probably a team that is a little bit different than the one that went three and seven in the regular season. But Chandler, I don't really feel like that the Pirates have anything to worry about on Friday night. I think South Pittsburgh is by far and away the better and the more talented team. But that's not to say that Gordonsville maybe can't give them a little bit of a run uh, for a quarter or two in this one. Yeah, I, really, this, this one comes down to just South Pittsburgh show up Friday night. And they've shown us every Friday night this season that they can show up and, and not think they're just going to walk in and, and win the ball game. And, you know, that's going to be the case this Friday as, as they take on Gordonsville. Chris, if I were to tell you a 10-0 team were taking on a 3-17, and Chris, and didn't give you any other information, you would think this is a first-round game just because just from the looks of it. Uh, you know, that, that's one of the interesting aspects is we have a quarterfinal matchup with a three-win team. I don't know. I, I didn't have a chance to go back and look at the history archives like I usually do this week. But, you know, I think that's going to be something we're going to look at down the road and see how how, how long has it been since the 3-7 and seven team has been in the quarterfinals. But, you, you know, you really ask the question, how large is this margin city? Now, Pittsburgh at this point in the season, and like they have it all season, Chris, but they look invincible. I mean, it, it doesn't seem like anybody's ever going to take South Pittsburgh down this year, and that's the kind of team that, that you want to have if you're a coach. And 
you know, South Pittsburgh leads this series, nine, series 9-5, nine, all-time in the playoffs. Uh, last time Gordon won in this series was 2012. You know, uh, and really all these 1A matchups are very lopsided from what I can gather. I've talked to people, you know, uh, online around the state, that kind of thing. It, it seems like 1A is very lopsided in every single quarterfinal matchup. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know – is it even possible for Gordonsville at this point to keep it close to the half? Because I think the teams have been struggling to keep it close to the end of the first quarter against South Pittsburgh. Can they even keep it close to the half? I think Gordonsville is probably going to be one of the better teams they play here in the playoffs so far. Yeah, I think so. Um, again, but that's saying something because they're they're not they're not one of the best teams in the state or anything. They're still a three and seventeen with some pieces back. Yeah, I mean, I, I feel like that, uh, you know, South Pittsburgh's going to win this game. They're going to win it comfortably. Uh-huh. They won by Absolutely. forty. They won by forty nine last week. I think they'll probably win by forty two this week. Again, I, I just think that they are going to win comfortably on Friday night. Um, now they may have to break a little bit of a sweat in this game, which I don't think they've done too much over the course of this uh, of this playoff run. And and you're right, Chandler. They are really, really good i mean south pittsburgh looks like um you know they are they south are pittsburgh. they are beating people the way state championship teams beat people absolutely chris and, and you know south pittsburgh it's you know we talked about trousdale being trousdale last you know in our last episode south pittsburgh they're being south pittsburgh again. absolutely yeah yeah i mean i i think so um that's that's kind of the way i look at it so We'll, um, you know, we'll see what we'll see what happens Friday night. I like South Pittsburgh to win. I like them to win big. I like them to win by a comfortable margin uh, on Friday night. So uh, I don't know that there's really a whole lot. They they've just got way too many athletes, and that's what that's what makes it so difficult for somebody to match up with them. It's just South Pittsburgh for most one A teams is just a really tough matchup athletically. You know, we talked about it when we had their quarterback, Braden Sanders, on with us back in the summer. They got like eight or nine guys on offense that can carry the ball if they, if they want to go that way. So uh-huh. it's just most 1A teams don't have the depth at the skill positions that South Pittsburgh has. Yeah, I don't think you can get in a, in a shootout with South Pittsburgh. You're going to lose. That's one of the rare teams in, in high school football that if you get into a shootout with them, you're going to lose. Because I think sometimes when you get to a shootout, it gives you an advantage. It keeps you with other teams. You get to a shootout with South Pittsburgh, it, it's just not going to happen. Uh, you know, and, uh, you know, another team that I would want to get to a shootout with is definitely next county. That's one and two A right there, Chris. Well, what do you think about that matchup? Well, as we've talked about before, I think Meg's County goes as Aaron Swafford goes, Chandler. Almost 300 yards rushing in the playoffs. For, I think quarterback. Yeah, I think he's at 295 yards rushing through two games uh, for Meigs County through these playoffs. So, again, he's rolling. Um, I, I don't know a, a ton uh, about their opponent, but I, I do know Meigs County's really good. I saw him play this year in person. Came away really impressed with him, especially Aaron Swafford. I think that if somebody's going to beat them, you're going to have to find a way. You're not going to stop Aaron Swafford. You just got to kind of let him do, get his thing, but not let him beat you. In other words, I think you got to make sure that you tackle and get him on the ground. He's a hard guy to tackle. 
I mean, you see why the service mm-hmm. academies want him to come there and, and play quarterback for them because he is such an elusive guy. And that's going to be the key Friday night. If somebody's going to beat Meigs County, whether it's this week, next week, whenever, you've got to be able to get them on the ground. And until somebody can figure out a way to tackle and get them down, it is not going to change. Yeah, I think to your point, Chris, you're not going to stop Aaron Clopper. You're not going to bring him to a You're not even really going to slow him down. You've really got to funnel him into – you know, your defense has got to funnel him into whether he's going to pass or whether he's going to run. Because he's going to do one or the other. It just depends on what your defense is going to let him do. You know, but I think you're completely right on that. You know, Mex uh, County 4-2 against Sonata uh, since they've been in the same region, and that's back in 2015 when they went to the same region uh, or, or they started playing each other regularly. Uh, these two teams have never played each other in the playoffs, Chris, which is interesting because they're kind of the same size school, same you know, for a while. Yeah, but if you'll um, remember, Oneida was a 1A program for yeah, a long time. And Megs is, mm-hmm. Megs has pretty much always been either, at least in recent years. Now, you go back to the 70s and 80s, they were 1A. But in recent times, you know, the last 20 years, Megs County mm-hmm. has been a, uh, they've pretty much been a, a 2A uh, or a 3A school. So I could, I could mm-hmm. believe the fact that they haven't, um, that they haven't met in the playoffs before. Mm-hmm. But Megs County won this game by three touchdowns a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And we've got and, – and you mentioned this uh, earlier this week on the other podcast that we did about how we've got so many rematches in the playoffs this week of games that were played back during the regular season we got another one we'll talk about in a minute between Red Bank and, and Loudon. We've got a couple of those. I always wonder what that does, you know, because we've always heard the old adage about, well, it's hard to beat a team twice in one year. Is it really? I, You know, the, yeah. the only time that I have ever really seen that uh, come to fruition was last year with Whitwell beating South Pittsburgh twice in that second game was, you know. Tougher. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people would tell you that, that were there that that's one of the best high school football games they've ever seen. The game went into triple overtime uh, before uh-huh. Whitwell was, was finally able to pull out a win. So oftentimes uh, if you win the first game, you win the second game. And I don't know. I don't know what the numbers are on that. I'm just telling you this is coming from, you know, non-scientific data here. But this is me basing off of just having followed this stuff for a long time. My opinion is the team that wins the first matchup in the regular season is usually the team that wins the playoff matchup. Now you're going to bring up Baylor losing last week to NBA after they beat them in the playoffs. I think that's the exception and not the rule. That's what I think. Chris, read the statistics to the guys who failed the statistics in college, all right? Don't, don't be trying to pull up the statistics now. <laughs> that being said, I don't have any statistics on that, Chris. I wish I oh, would have. come on, man. You set it up so wish, perfectly. Man, man, I wish I had something because I that wanted was... to prove you wrong there. But... <laughs> yeah, and I may be wrong, but I'm telling you, that's the way I feel and that is just from me like following this, it, it, you know, because I think the team that wins in the regular season most of the time is the better team. And I think when it mm-hmm. comes to the postseason, you usually see that team get the win again. 
That's the way it feels to me, and I'm sure that somebody can point out a, a whole ton of times when the opposite to that has happened, but I don't remember it, um, or at least I don't remember it happening very much, and that's the reason why I like Meigs County to win in this game. I do think, though, Chandler, it was a 21-point game. I think we learn a lot about where this team is, where Meigs County is. Uh, they're playing this game at home. They win it by 30 or 35. Then I think you start, you know, the, you, you maybe you raise some eyebrows. If this game is closer than 21 to 3, and I'm a big believer in high school football in, in point differential, right? And I know there's a lot of people that say, well, you can't do that. You can't look at it that way. And we don't try to scoreboard watch on this show. We just we just look at the point differential and it happens to be pretty accurate of what a team's going through. Yeah, I, I think, again, I think you can tell a lot by point differentials. If you go back and look at the teams that had close games in week one, those were the teams that those were the teams that lost games in week two of the playoffs, and and I think you you look at the teams that were that had close games last week, um, Red Bank for instance, those are the teams that I'm worried about this Friday night yeah. because I do think that there is something to point differential in the high school football playoffs. Now again, this is all unscientific, but that's the way I view it. Chris, I do want to bring this up. I believe this this game was eight three. The game they played back in week nine against Donata was eight three until about the fourth quarter, I believe. Late third, late is either late third, early fourth, before Meg County was able to score again. And that was like first quarter, eight three, zero 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 zero. And then you get to the fourth quarter and they finally score, I believe, in that one. So, you know, I think Meigs County's biggest worry is ahead of them with Watertown and Trousdale. But this is a potential trap game. I know we, we say, and we kind of even had that discussion, that, yeah, the team that wins the first time usually wins the second time. But, you know, if Meigs County is not focused here, this is the team they played. This is not only a team they played, you know, this year already. They played it pretty much every year. So it, 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 it's a rivalry. It's turned into a rivalry. So Nada has moved up to 2A and been in that situation. You know, uh, you know, both these teams have a full, you know, tape of game on each other. I don't know how that's going to affect this, but you know, don't be surprised if Onada finds a way to keep this one close. It was eight three going into the fourth quarter, I believe, last time around. So, you know, I, Onada is a good team. I don't think they're Meg's County good, but sometimes when you get into those situations, it could be a trap game. And, and, and you're, I think you're dead on the money saying that Meg's County is going to win this one. But I, I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if it's closer then they'd like it to be too close to comfort for, for Meigs County, uh, you know, uh, as we talk about. But, you know, that that's kind of the feeling I get with this one, um, that this could be a potential trap game if they're they're not worried about it. Um, yes. and, and, and I think Coach Fitzgerald will, will get his kids ready. It's just sometimes I feel like when you have a game like this against somebody you played in the season, you already beat them, it's hard to kind of coach that tendency that we're better than this team out of the team. You see what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. It's sometimes hard to do. Yeah. It's, I see. It's, it's, it's unconscious almost. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. I just think uh, – I just don't know that that happens to um, – I don't think that happens to Manx County, at least not this week. Let's go to – I'm uh, about with you. Where, where are we going next? Uh, who do we have left? Uh, Red Bank, right? 3A, we go Red Bank, Loudon. We get that rematch, yep. Chandler, of a game that uh, Loudon won. 
uh, back in week 10 to clinch the region championship. That game was played at Red Bank. Because Loudon won that week, that means Red Bank's got to go on the road to Loudon to play. And I just get the feeling that those folks at Loudon, they are going to be ready on Friday night. I think that place will be absolutely rocking when Red Bank rolls up in there Friday night. I, I look forward to being able to follow this game. I want to see if if Red Bank can keep it close. Um, I think they can, but can they get over that hump? Um, mm-hmm. Because I don't know, man. You know that the way that game went down a couple of weeks ago, Chandler. You kind of leave that game going. Uh, Loudon's a better team. And based off of what I just said a moment ago about how I feel about the rematches from the regular season, I think the team that wins in the regular season wins in the playoffs. If that's the case, I think Red Bank may be in a lot of trouble Friday night. Yeah, and Chris, you talk about this game, and I think we went, and when that when that game happened, I think we went from thinking that Red Bank is one of the better 3A teams, one of the top four in the state to thinking, wow, I don't even know if they're top 16 at this point with that loss to left. I think I think it changed our perception so much of Red Bank, and I think they're still reeling from that loss. I mean, they shouldn't have been they shouldn't have been tied zero to zero going into the third quarter at Sequatchie County. I mean, that's my alma mater, but they shouldn't have been there. You know, they shouldn't have let Upperman get back into that game, and and, and it was a one score game right at the end there. They they held on, but it shouldn't have been that close, Chris. Right. And I think what what this really shows is that I don't think Red Bank is ready for this game because they struggled too much with the games that they should be winning. Now, I think the Upperman game should have been close, but when you go up 21-0, Chris, you shouldn't have that be able to let them come back into that game. When you're 20, up 21-0 in the fourth quarter, you're in command of that game. And I think they kind of lost command of, of being Red Bank at this point. Yeah. And, and I know that's kind of – especially when you go into a game where you need to have the command, but you don't have it because you've already lost it this thing. You know, the real question is, have they learned anything from that loud ball game? I don't think they have, Chris. They, they've just struggled since that ball game. And, you know, they've been tied since that matchup. Can Red Bank impose their will on offense? Because if they can't, this ball game is over before we even start. That will be the deciding factor in this. And, my Lord, they have to go on the road to Loudon. And try to win this game. I mean, you know, I, I, I'm not trying to down Red Bank. I have faith to Red Bank to keep this close, but this is going to be a tougher task than it was for the regular season. I agree with everything you said. The one thing that I think that Red Bank has going forward, and it's the one thing that I thought that helped them out on Friday night is against Upperman, is the fact that they have an experienced a guy that's played a whole lot of snaps playing quarterback yeah. for them. And I think Maddox Wilkie is the key. If Red Bank can get him, his guys have to catch the ball for him. Okay, you can't have mm-hmm. drop passes and think you're going to mm-hmm. come away with this thing um, with a win. It's not going to happen. Red Bank's got to be able to catch the ball. That offense, the way they they run the spread, and it's 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 all predicated off of a lot of quick short passes. They've got to be accurate with the football. If if Wilkie is accurate and those guys catch the ball like they're supposed to, Red Bank can stay in this thing because I think Wilkie is as good of a signal caller in terms of his decision-making as anybody in our area. 
And a lot of that has to do with the fact that, you know, my gosh, it's like, like it's like the kid's been the quarterback there for 25 years now. So <laughs> he's played a ton of games over the years since he's been at Red Bank. He's been in big games before. Red Bank's not going to go up there and be intimidated by having to go to Loudon because they've been in big games yeah. before. They just got to they just got to get it done. You got to execute, and that's going to be the key for Red Bank. Execute. Yeah, I think you're right. I don't think the big game factor is as much of an issue as what we've seen in the past two weeks with, with this Red Bank team. And you know, I think that's their ace in the hole that they can have. That they have a good, experienced, quality quarterback there. If, if receivers can kind of play with that and be able to catch those balls and not drop those passes and not do whatever and make sure they, they get those passes and get in the end zone, that's the most important thing here. And I hate to be a Debbie Downer, Chris, but I, I hate whoever wins this. I hate whoever has to win this game. And then I think they would go to – they would be at Alcoa this, this, this year, would they not? I think it goes to the upper end of the bracket, Chris. So, yes. you know, I, I mean, that's, that's the that's – the, Worst thing about being in 3A is, especially and now we talked about Loudon all year. Chris. If Loudon wins this game, they have one of those once in a generation top teams. We talked about that all season, and that sucks for them to be a once in a generation top team and be in the same classification as Alcoa. Yeah, but you here's know, the thing, I, I, Chandler. Here's the thing. People <laughs> said that last year about Whitwell, but it's a once in a lifetime, once in a maybe not once in a lifetime, once in a generation type team. Boy, it really stinks. They're going to have to play Whitwell and Greenback. Well, they beat Whitwell and Greenback. You mean so, South Pittsburgh and Greenback? Yeah, South Pittsburgh and Greenback. So for Red Bank, it's a similar situation, or for Loudon rather, it's a similar situation. You know, you got to go beat those guys. I mean, they're not going to lay down for you. So you mm-hmm. got to go. You got to go beat those guys, but you got to beat Red Bank first. Absolutely. I think that's the most important thing for either of these teams is to make sure they're they're focused because there's a big elephant in the room that's just sitting there waiting for both of these teams once this game is over. You know, Chris, I was going to make the joke that, you know, they play the winner of Austin East Alcoa. You know what that means. Uh, that, that's what they've got left. So, you know, I, and not try to get too far ahead of this, but that's, that's kind of what you're looking at whoever gets out of this game. So that's, that's a factor in this. I don't care who you are. That's a factor that, hey, you have to play Alcoa next. That's the elephant in the room, right? Yes. Uh, and that's that's what I've seen. And, and, I mean, in years past, we've seen that with teams where they try to win and not show that much because they know they're going up against somebody like an Alcoa that's going to be able to pick apart whatever they do and find their weak, you know, and, and, and be able to exploit it for what, whatever it is, you know. So I think that's the big thing that's looming for, for both these teams. But they've got to focus. You're right. They've got to focus on this game. Chandler, where you want to go next? Which classification you want to go to? Uh, I think there's only one left, Chris. Really? This is all we've got I, now. Are we down to just yeah. this? We're down to one more game. We have. We, we usually try to do five games a week, Chris, but we don't even have five games to talk about. Wow, that's depressing. <laughs> that's depressing. So, hang on a second. We both feel good about South Pittsburgh confidence level. <laughs> One to ten, South Pittsburgh wins. I've got it at a ten. Where do you have it? I've got it at a ten. Uh, Megs County, Oneida. I've got Megs County confidence level very high. I've got it at a nine. Where do you have it? I've got it at about an eight and a half, just below that. I'm pretty close to a nine. Loudon, Red Bank. Uh, confidence level in Red Bank winning. 
I've got it at a five. I've got it at a four. All right. Uh, I'm I'm a little lower than you. Let's talk about Macaulay now. Quick recap for the people that just zoned out for about 30 minutes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's let's talk about Macaulay now for a minute. Your thoughts on this matchup and the outcome. So I look at this one, and I think about we have another rematch. And this is not just any rematch. You know, we talked about the other two rematches. You know, uh, Red Bank, they lost to left. Next time they won against so I think the difference was here that Macaulay and Hinsworth just kind of came out of nowhere. Like, we expected Loudon and Red Bank to be a really good game. We expected Next County to win that ball game. I, I don't think we expected Macaulay to lose that regular season matchup. You know, and we talk about the team that wins the first time, wins the second time, but Chris, this is Division Two Triple A. You just you just can't you almost can't put a formula to Division Two Triple A. I mean, we saw that last week with NBA Baylor. I, you know, I don't think it has anything to do with with the class. Like, if you're talking about a one A, three A, five A, whatever team, yeah, the team that won the first time is going to probably win the second time. Not that's it. I got that. When you go to Division Two Triple A, those teams play ten times. Even one of the lower echelon. Upper echelon, it's going to be five, five and five, six and four, somewhere along the line, Chris, because everybody is just so good, and we, we kind of restate that every week. But it was, a, it was an upset. It didn't really hurt Macaulay in their standings and in, in their seating, but it was an upset, and it kind of took them down a notch. And you know, uh, you know, I know they've got Jay Hardy. I know they've got every, everything kind of coming back together. And I know they had a really good game against Christian Brothers, and they were able to use that read option to success. Um, but it's a it's a big looming question. We it's basically Chris like looking at this and saying, "All right, Whitwell's got a once in a lifetime team, but they lost to South Pittsburgh in the regular season. That didn't happen." But I'm just saying hypothetically, that's what this feels like. Right. Because then you kind of try and go beat the person that beats you when you both have a full uh, game of film on each other. And I think that was a close game there in week eleven. So you know, I, honestly, I, I can't tell you. Who's going to win this game? I'm leaning McCauley, and, you know, you want to put a confidence level to it, Chris. I've got about a seven. That's ex- that's exactly where I would have McCauley right now. I would have them. My confidence level in McCauley winning this game would be about a seven. Um, for all those things that you mentioned, the fact that, um, you know, Jay Hardy's back, that D'Angelo Hardy is playing fantastic, and I would encourage anybody – if you have not seen this guy play, I mean, he had, I think, 114 yards on 10 carries or something like that last week in their, uh, it was last week they beat Christian Brothers, and he looked really, really good in that game. I mean, he played, um, he, he ran their offense to. Over 10 yards a carry. Yeah. Out, out average. Yeah, I mean, he ran that offense about as well as as you could see that that happen. Here's the, what I think is the difference in this game. It's the reason why I think McCauley wins. I think McCauley defensively will – they're too good. they got too many good athletes. They're too well coached. They're going to take what Ensworth did in game one and take that away. And I think McCauley will slow Ensworth down. I think the score to this game Friday night will be very similar to what the score was – for Macaulay with the win over Christian Brothers. They won that game 28-6. Mm-hmm. I could see Macaulay 
winning this week something like maybe 31-10, 31-14, somewhere in that neighborhood. That's kind of what I, how I think this game goes. Innsworth put up a bunch of points last week um, in their uh, in their win over Briarcrest. They scored 35. They're not going yeah. to put 35 points up on Macaulay. It's not going and to. And that was a shootout, Chris. I watched. I watched that one because we were trying to get our score so we could finish our bracket because that one was near the end. That was a shootout, and it was one of those situations where either one of those teams could have won. And the only reason it was thirty-five points is that Briarcrest had thirty-three. So I mean, that was a shootout. And anytime you have that kind of shootout, that kind of back and forth game, it can wear you out. And, and Division Two AAA, the last thing you need is to be worn out. And, and one other thing on this game, Chris, you know. Innsworth, I don't. They didn't have Jay Hardy back for that Innsworth game. So you're looking at a team that hasn't seen Jay Hardy, and yeah, they had film on him from earlier in the season and probably last week, but they don't have film. They have film on everybody on that team against their offense except guess who? Jay Hardy, and that is going to be a big, big factor when you have to look at film and you don't have film against your team for him but you have it for everybody else. You don't know how much that defense is going to change, how the scheme is going to change, what kind of blitzes, what kind of packages they're going to bring in, because now they have one of the best players in the state back on their defense, back on their defensive line, Chris. So that is a huge overwhelming factor in this game, and more so than a lot of people are going to put it, put credit for it. Because when you get someone like him, that's such an impact and such a good player and putting him on an already good, great offense, or excuse me, defense, you're going to make some things happen. Yeah, and he plays both ways now. He plays some yeah. on offense for them as well, but where he's going to make factor an in. On defense. Yeah, sure. where he's going to make an impact on this game, I think will be on defense again. I think McCauley wins, but I think they do it with defense. That's how they win this game. Um, and I hope B.J. Harris, I hope the ankle is okay. I haven't heard anything yet. Hadn't had a chance, uh, still kind of early in the week for us when we record this. Hadn't had a chance to talk to the folks over at McCauley. But I hope B.J. Harris's ankle is fine. He was a little banged up last week. Gavin Cagle had to step up and, and kind of assume that role along with D'Angelo Hardy to carry the brunt of the rushing load for them last week. And um, I hope B.J. Harris is back because he's a, he's a fun guy to watch when he's got the ball in his hands. So that is what yeah. – uh, that's the way that I see – that game uh, shaping up. I, I, you know, I feel like we've got we got one in single A, we've got um, one in two A, one in three A, and then we've got this team here uh, in Macaulay in Division Two. I think three out of the four win. Again, I'm very concerned about Red Bank Friday night, but I think we still got three teams to talk about next week, Chandler. Now, now Chris. Since we got, since we don't have any more teams to talk about, let, let's talk about this for a second. We have four teams left, Chris, and I think if you had asked me at the beginning of the season the four teams that would be, if we only had four teams in the quarterfinals, who what four would they be? And I think we would have said maybe, maybe we would have had, you know, between Tyner and Mexico County, we probably would have differed maybe. But I think we would have had these four teams in here, Chris, uh, at the beginning of the season because all four teams have been good all season. Who do you think at the that, or how many of these teams do you think have a legitimate shot at winning a state title game? Because I think, you know, we look at this and I guess who, if one person had, if one team had to win, who would it be and who would probably be the other team if we had two? Groups? All right, what, here, what would that be your thoughts on that? Hang on a second. I want to write this down while I, while I do this um, because I want to make sure that I get them all listed. Number one for me is South Pittsburgh. 
and I, I don't think it's even close. Absolutely. Number two yep. for me would be McCauley. When we start yep. talking about, you know, the best opportunity, three would be Meigs County, and four would mm-hmm. be Red Bank at a, a distant fourth. I think South Pittsburgh is by far and away one. Macaulay, mm-hmm. Meigs County are both pretty close because it wouldn't shock me to see either one of those two teams uh, win a state championship this year. I think they're both good enough. Mm-hmm. Red Bank, okay, so you get past Loudon. Well, we know what's coming up the next week. So, and you're not going to blow out Loudon. I don't no. think if Red Bank wins, they're not going to blow out Loudon. So that's, that's not going to be the case. I think it's going to be a close game. And, and then you play a close game against Loudon, and then you got Alcoa. I've got mine in the same situation, Chris. I think that, you know, and McCauley, a part of that is too, Chris, they're in their semifinals now. You know, uh, they were in their quarterfinals last week. They're in their semifinals now. So they've got this week, then they got the next week to rest, and then they got the state championship game. So, you know, Chris, that's a factor in this too, that McCauley, they only have to win one more game to get there. They only have to win two games. You know, you talk about Mexico County, they've got to win three to win this week. Uh, the semifinals in this championship, and oh, by the way, they got to go through either Watertown or Trousdale, which will probably be Trousdale, and the best team out of 2A on the West, and that'll probably be Peabody, to be honest with you, if, if uh, our, our friend Donovan is right, and he's usually right about these kind of things, Chris. So you got to be, you got to be Onada, who you played before. You got to beat Trousdale, and you got to beat Peabody. That's tough. I mean, it's not as tough as Red Bank, but it's really, really tough. And South Pittsburgh. I think even in the next round, they're going to have really tough competition. But you know, they I think they match up with those with that competition they're going to have much better than a, a Mex County would, or well, maybe what, even a Macaulay. What we all expected is probably what we're going to get. I, I expected, fully expected Red Bank. Um, I'm sorry, I fully expected South Pittsburgh and Greenback. As a matter of fact, I said that on this show. Uh, on this Absolutely. on this show, you know, you go back to August. That was one of the things that I thought would happen this year would we would see South Pittsburgh and Greenback in the semifinals, and that's exactly what's happened. So not surprising at all to see them there. And, yes, I think South Pittsburgh is, is definitely good enough to uh, to be able to beat those guys without without a doubt. I think they can, uh, they can handle business, and I, I think they can do it again um, at the um, – at the state championship game. You know, Meigs County, I'm a little concerned about uh, once they get to the state title game, if they get to the state title game, only because I have heard so many great things about that team from Loudon. Um, I'm sorry, about that team from Trenton Peabody. Um, Peabody mm-hmm. High over in Trenton, Tennessee, which is in West Tennessee. The west side of the river. Yeah, which a lot of people say may be the best I mean, I've had people say they think that's the best team that 2A in the state of Tennessee has had. And uh, some say maybe ever. Some say it's been a long time since they've seen a team as good as this one. So um, that's a little bit of a concern for Meigs County once they get there. Yeah, and, and Chris, I'm still I'm still disappointed. Two games we didn't get to see this year, Red Bank, South Pittsburgh, and they're both still alive in the playoffs. And then Meigs County, Connor, because of the loss Tyler had last week. We won't get that as well. So two matchups that we have missed out on this year that have been really, really tough for both of us. We're probably still going to have trauma from that for the next few years. So, yeah. Agreed. So, uh, I, I thought both of those were those were two of the games that I was most looking forward to seeing this year. 
and those were the two games. As a matter of fact, Chandler, hang on, I've got it right here. I've still, I think I've still got my list of games because I found it the other day. It's my list of games that I was most looking forward to seeing um, this year. Let me see if I can grab it real quick, and I, I don't think I have it now, now that I say that. I don't think I have it. Get together, Chris. Get more organized. Oh, <laughs> oh here we go. I do, I do have it. I do have it. Yeah, I had Meigs County, South Pittsburgh, number one. Um, that was a good one. I had yep. um, South Pittsburgh Red Bank. I had Baylor Tyner, uh, Chattanooga Central, and uh, Notre Dame. Well, that was a dog. Uh, Whitwell and Bledsoe County. I think we started to figure out that game that Bledsoe County was pretty good. And I think that that the way that Baylor beat Tyner kind of let us know at that point that Baylor was pretty doggone good, too. So we we've had uh, we have had some good games this year. I admit, though, missing out on that South Pittsburgh Red Bank game in the regular season was the the bummer of all bummers, though. Probably two of the better teams in our area that that we didn't get. And, and like, well, that's the game next year, Chris. But it won't be the same as it would have been if we had got to play it this year. Because I think you saw both their team, both those teams, with great quarterbacks, great athletes across the board. And you know we're we're still sour about that. I'm sorry. We're well. How many weeks has it been since that? Chris? It's probably been like ten weeks almost since that game has yeah. not happened. And you're still moaning and, about and, it. Yeah, we're hey, you're <laughs> moaning about it too. Don't you, don't you start that now. <laughs> but uh, but that's our fifth game that we're talking about this week. Red Bank and South Pittsburgh, the game that never that's happened. That's it. So. That's it. <laughs> All right, Chandler. You got anything else? That's all I got. That's all, all right. the games we got, unfortunately. Again, want to remind folks, Friday night, check us out on Twitter, at SETN Preps. Chandler and I will do uh, our best to keep you updated on games that are happening all across the uh, the area and across the state of Tennessee. You can also find us uh, on Twitter as well. You can find Chandler, at Sports Chandler. You can find me, at Chris Goforth1. You can find this show on Facebook. Just do the search, S-E-T-N Preps. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts to, to this podcast, those five-star Reviews are appreciated. Uh, Spotify, podcast.com, tune in, Pandora. You can find us there. And, of course, check out our uh, website, setnpreps.com. Chandler, enjoy it. Uh, we got some quarterfinal round football this week. We've got, we've got Thanksgiving coming up next week. And you know, it, you know you've had a great season when you got football practice on Thanksgiving Day. And I think we're going to have three teams that will have football practice on Thanksgiving Day. Can't wait for it, Chris. We'll see you next week. Enjoy your Friday night football.